You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to episode 74 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I may not know sports, but even I know when it's second and one, you run the fucking ball if Marshawn Lynch is on your team. <laughs> and we're what are you referring here. to? <laughs> <laughs> referring to the theme for this week's show, the Super Bowl, because that just happened this last week. And Indeed. I don't know shit about football, I and mean, even I said the same thing that Josh said. <laughs> there was a, a what the hell from me also. So, but uh, yeah, we are 40 going on 14, and it's uh, the Super Bowl show. So before we get into that, I'd like to We're talk. just here to do the Super Bowl podcast. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> oh, wait, this isn't the Super Bowl podcast? No. Oh, no. no, we talked about those in the uh, uh, vending machine episode. Damn it. You're behind by two. Very much behind. Anyway, you were saying. Yes. So, 4114 is part of the Musings of a Geek Network with many different podcasts, which Josh will tell us about. Yes, such as Salty Language, Sweat in the Small Stuff, Hard to Swallow, Media Feed, Red Horse Radio, The Left Field Sports Lounge, and Geek Dig. Right, and also on Saturdays, you can hear us on Geek Life Radio at noon. You can get the dig out in your uh, Saturday afternoons. And you can also find us on, I don't know what that means. Well, unless you're like, unless you're like rock climbing or, or. Yes. Like, so I was Mike, riding. Mike, a, doctor, I think you're having a stroke. Face jumping. Going on today. Why does everything smell like toast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of does really. Cause somebody burnt popcorn at the office today. That was bad. Anyway, you can find us at, uh, iTunes on Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And if you'd like to give us a, Chitty chat. You can call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And you can always find us in, on Twitter at 40go14, or you can send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com. Hooray. Hooray. All right. We've got some listener feedback from uh, people who've done some of those things, mostly called the number. And first up, it is a familiar individual. I have not vetted these this week, so... Oh, good. Uh-oh. Hey, fuckers. Uh, I was listening to Bill Murray. You're talking about him just kind of showing up to stuff and, and you know, being cool because, you know, he just showed up to fucking random shit. Uh, my father used to have a black tie thing that there was like a POW, MIA, Vietnam veterans uh, banquet dinner that he would do every year. And it was a big, huge black tie affair, like, you know, three, four hundred bucks a plate kind of thing. And uh, he would always host it at the Chateau on the Lake in Branson, Missouri, which is a pretty heavy kind of hotel. I've been there. Resort type thing. And uh, one year, Dick Van Dyke shows up. And uh, he was a complete fucking asshole. And he just kind of wandered into the middle of the thing when they're presenting a ceremonial sword to the to the son of a, a, a deceased POW from the Vietnam War. And uh, he just kind of shows up in his sweatshirt and sweatpants and what the hell's going on in here? And sits down and just made a complete fucking cock of himself. It reminded me a lot of Joel. 
<laughs> Not entirely sure what that has to do with Bill Murray. Ouch. And that yeah. random shot at Joel for no reason again. <laughs> again. Uh, what did you do? What? It's starting to be a lot less random. <clears throat> what does that have to do with Bill Murray? I agree. I Yeah. That, it's yeah. an interesting story. Who yeah. was he talking about? Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Oh, yeah. I missed that part of the story. Okay. The Dick was telling the story about Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Yes. So, and, but I've been to this, I've been in this hotel that he's talking about. It is fancy. It's got like Does a, Dick Van Dyke just live there? Yeah, he lives. There's like a waterfall, in the, like a seven-story tall waterfall in there, and he like lives behind the waterfall. <laughs> he's like TLC. He, he, he's not a troll. Apparently, he is if he shows up in sweatpants to a POW MIA and starts like flopping his dick on the table. <laughs> wow, that took a weird turn. <laughs> So now we have another voicemail from... It's like first we're in a waterfall, now we're full of Dick Van Dyke. I'm just, I'm just imagining him, he slaps his dick down, and he's like, "There, here's your 76 trombones. Jeez. Jim Jim Jerry, boys. Dick, Dick Van Dyke wasn't I, in I the I realized that wasn't him in The Music Man, but whatever. It's, you know. I'd be like... Uh, forget it. All right. I'm not sure who this is from. Maybe, maybe one of you will uh, recognize the voice. Hey guys, Justin Corbin, currently making my way to the uh, Blockbusters episode. Uh, I'm gonna have to agree with you on, or I'm gonna disagree with Charlie. Banana runs are fucking evil. So is black licorice, and so is anything green apple flavored. So in, in that respect, I agree with the you know most everybody in the show. You cannot get behind Charlie's statement that banana runs are awesome. So that makes me a communist. Well, then you know what? So be it. Anyways, uh, love the show. Love, I'll listen to you guys when I get a chance. And uh, just want to call in and say, uh, keep it up. Thanks. Bye. All right. Apparently, our voice recognition, also known as Joel, has identified <laughs> that as uh, Justin from the Bad Parenting Podcast. Uh, and, yeah, I agree, Justin. Those uh, candy flavors are the devil, and uh, they should not be used as treats. Well, he also had sent me a, a message and asked me what the, the voicemail number was. And I was like, it's 708 now wrap. That's 708-669-9727. <laughs> I had to do the whole spiel in order to get it out. So. Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke, banana runts, black licorice, green apple. Things we do not approve of. Speaking of things we do not approve of, back to Charlie. I don't know why I said Joel. Uh, I was trying to be mean and funny, and, and I said Joel. I shouldn't have said Joel. Joel's fucking awesome. Pat. Remind me of Pat. That's who remind me of. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Ouch. Well, I uh, guess. Yeah. Well, all right, then. All right. I, I take back everything I said about Charlie, at least conditionally, based on this third voicemail. <laughs> I take nothing back. It's, it's nice to have the heat taken off this week for once, I guess. <laughs> I don't know where to go with this. William Atherton, you fucking dickbag. It's William Atherton. Dr. Jerry Hathaway. Come on. You know, for a brief moment, I thought he was correcting you on who was in uh, The Music Man, and I got really freaked out. <laughs> if William Atherton was in The Music Man, whoa. That would have been amazing. We get live feedback. We're like, okay, that is fucking freaky. Oh, this is the best you listener feedback ever. <laughs> 76. What is he, what is he referring points. to? What, what, yeah, I don't. We were trying to think of uh, the actor's name and somebody kept fucking it up. Uh, I'll replay it again. <laughs> William Atherton, you fucking dickbag. It's William Atherton. Dr. Jerry Hathaway. Come on. 
<laughs> All right, then. <laughs> what episode is that from? Dr. Jerry Hathaway is real genius. Oh, is the oh. Act- we were trying to think of the actor. Who oh, played- who played Jerry. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We were. Oh, God. William. Okay, that, it all clicks now. That was a while ago. Yeah. God, when the hell <clears throat> were we talking about real genius? Well, I think we we're trying to think of uh, William Atherton from having been in Die Hard, not uh, just Die Hard, but Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. yeah he was Nicholas in Ghostbusters and we were at the Bill Murray show. There you go. Yep. Yeah. There you go. And yeah, he good. was totally Walter Peck. Huh. At least he wasn't Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> that guy obviously is not Nicholas either. Yeah, fuck that guy. I love Dick Van Dyke. Uh, I... I I was pretty neutral on him until this show. Yeah. Best name ever. I like him, but yeah, that's kind of jerky. All right. Is it about that time, gentlemen? Yes. Yes, it is. What Charlie shocked me into not remembering where the damn track was. <laughs> uh, you want to cut it here? No, nah, I can cut it out. Just somebody write down the time. Uh, you're recording it. I don't. Oh, shit. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> someone write down. It's got tw- 1139 right now. 2131. See, that's what I was going to say, but you cut it out after the break, so I don't know either. Yeah. So. Uh, when we were talking about the Musings of a Geek Network and all that, it was really Skypey through my ears, maybe not on the show. Okay. I, I didn't pick up any Skype. Okay. Okay. Good. So we should be okay. All right. Here we go. Come on. Here we go. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. Etc. All right. So this week, the This Week In is on January 26th, 1986, the day that the Bears won the Super Bowl, just as it, it turns out to be. Uh, that's a, just the Super Bowl that stood out in our heads collectively. I think that's the one that stands out in everybody's heads. Well, everyone from Chicago, at least. No, yeah. it was. I mean, I was in Missouri, and that's still at that point. I mean, yeah, I was I mean, there's, a kid. That's, that's still voted the number two Super Bowl team of all time. Who's number mm. one? Number one would be the 1972 Dolphins, who went 16 and 0. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. All right. So this weekend, January 6, 26, 1986, the number one song is "Like a Virgin" by Madonna. It's a song about a big dick. <laughs> I was, I was wondering just, which I was one of us was waiting do for it. it. <laughs> Uh, so we all know that song. She gets up on stage, sings it in her lingerie back when it's she was. A, it's all morning, noon, and night. Tick, 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 tick. And How much millions of boys' testicles dropped during the PMAs that year. Yeah. Oh. Sounded like someone dropping ball bearings on a steel floor. Oh. <laughs> no offense. On January 27th, the 13th <laughs> annual American Music Awards are held. <laughs> The American. Was that the American? American. No, I, American. Like added a word. There's no annual in there. There's no annual? I thought it was. That's, oh. The 13th that, American Music Awards are held. Bruce Springsteen and Tina Turner bring home the main categories of Dude in Jeans and. No, Artist of the Year and Album of the Year. Oh. Best Legs. <laughs> I was going to say Biggest Hair. Oh, that too. But Br- Br- Bruce's hair wasn't that big at that point. So Who rules about it? Talk about Tina's Bush anyway. Whoa. What? Yikes. What? <laughs> <clears throat> Tina Trimmer. Oh, don't be a Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Tina Turner was pretty damn good in uh, Mad Max 3. She was fun. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And, ooh, 
Mad Max is coming out soon. We're going to have another one. Absolutely. Yes. Future show. Future show. Someone write that down. Uh, January 23rd is the first induction of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Includes Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Elvis Presley. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> That's a pretty impressive list. Yeah, I'd go see that concert, man. He had a lot of dead people. Well, not then. Buddy Holly and... Was you know, all of them were around back in eighty in no, eighty six, uh, except for Buddy Holly. Elvis Presley was dead. Elvis Presley, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Was late seventies. Chuck Berry was still around. Yeah. Yes, Chuck, Chuck Berry fact, is still around. I think the uh, actually wasn't it uh, Tuesday this week was the day the music died. Oh so, really? Yeah, fiftieth anniversary of the day the music died. If I'm wow, I didn't that realize that. Yeah, and I, I noticed it on one of my news feeds at work, and I was like, oh man, today's the day the music died, and then somebody should write so, a song about that. Yeah. Oh, let's get, you know, I know Don McLean. We can give him a ring. See if he's up for writing something. Yeah, but the girl next to me had no idea who Buddy Holly was. That's sad. She's never seen Pulp Fiction? No, <laughs> never, no, no idea who Buddy Holly was. And I found out today that she has never seen any Star Wars movies. She's never listened to the Weezer, Weezer's first album? Probably not. To be fair, Weezer was a few years back. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> she may not even know who Weezer is. <laughs> At this rate. Uh, movies. Iron Eagle, Troll. <laughs> nice. And Clan of the Cave Bear are all released this week. Why can't so, we have a week like that now? No kidding. Seriously. Oh, Troll. Have you guys seen uh, Best Worst Movie? The, troll, the troll. documentary about Troll 2? No. No, I don't watch shit movies. Remember well, we this, is a, this last week. This is a documentary about a crap movie. Okay, I'm talking about a Troll. I'm, I haven't seen Troll. Why am I going to watch a documentary? Because uh, it's, it's got, um, what's her name from Friends? Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in it. No. No. No, yes. Jennifer Aniston. No, no Jennifer no. Aniston is Jennifer. Leprechaun. Yes, Leprechaun. Troll is Ju- Julia Louis-Dreyfus dancing around naked as a sprite in a forest. She's not naked. Yes, she is. How do you well, know? You don't watch crap <laughs> movies. What? You said you don't watch crap movies. So Santa the Cave Bear, Daryl Hannah. I never knew she was ever naked in anything, so. Daryl Hannah naked. The rescue after this show. Uh-huh. Iron Eagle, Louis Gossett Jr., naked. Iron Eagle is a awful. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he was not Iron naked. Eagle. Clan of, yeah. Iron Eagle is boring. That movie is awful. The lead character is just horrible. He's a horrible actor. How could it be horrible when they made I, four of them? Because they got rid of him. <laughs> One. Patrick, I agree with you. One. I agree with you. <laughs> All right. Well, TCP, uh-oh, acronym of the day. Uh, yes, that's uh, Tarantula Cult Porn. <laughs> yes, yes, the uh, Tarantula Cult menaced the 80s for a long time, but uh, they were much loved for their pornography. Okay, Google. Tarantula Cult Porn. And? Don't click images. I Trust me. Hey, somebody, on, <laughs> somebody called Boy Tarantula on Facebook. Ooh, yeah, you definitely don't want to see that. Yeah, porn. I'm done Get with out. that. Okay. Get out now. All right. TCP so. is actually the color purple. Oh. oh. All right. On January 24th of the 43rd Golden Globes, you did <laughs> that on purpose. Were you getting ready to add a word again? I was. Well, no, because you were at 41st, 43rd. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> just like the Golden 43rd. Globes. I got to go. Because I just cut and paste these sentences and yeah. add verbs when they're needed. So I got to start. know those proofreaders on the internet, man. Yeah, um, I got to start checking these things a little better. So Whoopi Goldberg wins for tarantula cult porn. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. She was inducted into the cult for her hair, which is reminiscent of the great tarantula. Right on. 
Also, Lafayette Ronald Hubbard, author of Death Quest, Battlefield, Earth, and Dianetics, dies at 74 to go back into the ether with the aliens. <laughs> On January 24th, 1986. Spent battling Xenu in the ether. Yeah. Not Battlefield. What was the uh, the 10 book series that he wrote? No idea. He wrote 10 books? Yeah. Yeah, he had his own series, like a, like he was trying to emulate the Dark Tower series or whatever, but I mean, I can't remember what the name of it is. I know he yeah. did it, but. Hummered books, because I know I read all of them. You did? Well, yes. Dianetics had a bunch of them, but... Oh, Mission Earth. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah and Deckology. I read every single one of those books. Tech Wars. Oh, they? Oh. Yeah, they, they were... I Obviously, they stood out in my head and were excellent, because I can't remember their name of them. So... <laughs> Louis <laughs> Costa Jr. was also naked in those books. <laughs> you're like, well, this is something that I have done <laughs> when you're done with him. <laughs> yes, that is something that I did. Uh, Cosby, Family Ties, and Cheers are number one. And no, we can't. <laughs> uh, Just moving on. Misha Barton is born January 24th, 1986. Who the hell is Misha Barton? California. She was on uh, the OC. Yep. Ah. Never. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen her as a bit part in movies. Okay. Yes. Uh, January 25th, HBO satellite signal is scrambled from the satellite for the first time to thwart people with home satellite dishes. From that point on, you need to purchase a converter to watch HBO on your home dish. They were yeah. the first people to you know, to open the doors because there was a time back in the day when satellites first started. You know, the cable companies first started using satellites and everything, and just people just bought dishes and just picked up the satellites on their own. Yeah. Well, picked up the satellite feed. Well, know. and these weren't exactly. I mean, people think of satellite dishes like nowadays. You think of the uh, direct TV ones that are on the outside that look about the size of something you'd serve a turkey yeah. on. These things were huge. I mean, like. <laughs> After this, people kind of like just tilted them so they were horizontal and filled them with water and sat yeah, they were like a, they were like the size of a car. Yeah, they were very large. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. On January twenty fourth, Ricky Ullman, the lead singer from Phil of the Future, is born. Why would we want actor? Actor. So, and I'm sure we all remember watching on TV when the twenty fifth space shuttle Challenger ten exploded seventy three seconds after liftoff on January twenty eighth, nineteen eighty six. I. I think I I think we may have been in class. I don't remember. Yeah, we were in class. I, I watched it in school in class live. Same here. Yeah, we we watched it live. Yeah, I mean, they, I remember them wheeling the TV in. We were all watching it. Yeah, I remember that now because I remember you know everyone being all excited for it launching and when it went off, everybody was just like, I mean, dead silence to the entire school. Because it was, I mean, it was a huge deal because it was the first time a civilian had ever gone into space. And then about a week later, the joke started, and he felt really bad for telling them. Yeah, yeah. Some people felt bad, not all of them. Yeah, and now they're doing, uh, now you got SpaceX and uh, all them, you know, commercial space flights coming up soon. So, uh, sport on January 26th in Super Bowl twenty, the Chicago Bears beat the New England Patriots 46-10 to in New Orleans. The Super Bowl MPV was Richard Dent of Chicago. D. Defensive end? Yes. What were good. those letters again, Mike? Not Harvey Dent. MVP? Yes. What did I say? MPV. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even hear that. <laughs> Which is a uh, vehicle you can drive. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, and, uh, Gerald Green, current NBA player for the Phoenix Suns, is born on the 26th in 1985. <gasps> Edward, <laughs> Edward James Olmos. What is that? A, that who, who had Edward James Olmos? Why is that a bullet point in <laughs> I don't know. Why would you do that? I may have done that while you guys were looking at the <laughs> space shuttle. Sorry. There's a whole thing here, and then all of a sudden, just one one line. Edward James Olmos. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm being a Van Dyke. <laughs> 
Also of note, on January 25th, Horace Smith, an old cricketer who once in 1933 threw one wicket at 113 or something more crickety, dies. Yeah. I have no idea. It was like all abbreviated. I have no idea how did it, how to like expand it, but it was like they said one wicket at 113, and I was like, okay, all right. So someone – That means – Okay, wait. Was he – was 113 his age? No. Oh. I don't believe so. I mean, that but would make sense. It might be. I don't know. Because it couldn't be 113 miles per hour. No, I don't I don't think that's what it was. I think it has something to do with, like, the game and how it's played. Like, he did some astounding feat of, like, I don't know. It's like a retiring 113 batters in a row in baseball or something kind of thing. Nikki, oh. Nikki, we need your help. Nikki, call us up and let us know what the hell we're trying to talk about here. All, All right. right, Nikki, you're so fine. You're so fine. And then we can make fun of your accent again. We love you, Nikki. Yay, Nikki. All right, hey, so. Nikki. Main show, are you ready for some Super Bowl? Nay. Q rant from Josh. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say a few words here. And uh, First off, let me start by saying it's okay to not like sports. Uh, I'm not, I've never been a huge sports guy, but especially those of us who are not athletically inclined or more into geek stuff, there's some shit we need to cut out. We need to stop pretending it's cute or cool to act like we are intellectually incapable of grasping the basic rules of these games. Wait, there's it's, rules? It's, it's fucking lame. I, I can optimize my DPS on across like six different video games and four different role-playing game systems. I can certainly figure out that the football guys have four chances to move, it ten, move the ball ten yards, and then they get another four chances. We get all irritated when people make fun of stuff we like. And it's like, you know, stop it. You're you're not being cool pretending that Lord of the Rings is all a bunch of elves skipping around in the forest. It's just as lame to pretend that with our big brains, we can't figure these games out. That's all I have to say. All right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really recall anybody ever telling me that I couldn't figure out the rules. Well, no, there's, there's just this thing, the like, there, too. there, it, yeah, I agree with Josh. There is this thing, like, oh, I can't figure out, now, now, cricket, totally legit. No one fucking understands cricket. Um, well, <laughs> cricket, I think, cricket. Is, a, is a practical joke that the rest of the world is playing on us in America. I, I guarantee you, like, 10 minutes on Google, if, uh, I wanted to, I could figure out the basics of cricket. Like, we're smart people and pretending like this is beyond us. It's just one of the things about uh, geek culture that has kind of gotten under my skin. It's like, all right, I get it. You're cool. You're disaffected. You don't care about sports and everyone else seems to. That's fine. It's okay to not like things. But don't be a Van Dyke about it. Can somebody explain water polo and how the horses breathe? <laughs> <laughs> and why they have to wear collared shirts? Right. With the logo on it. I hate you guys. How do, you get the, <laughs> how do they get the shirt on the horse? <laughs> it's a big shirt, dude. So, or a small horse. <clears throat> no, I get it, Josh. I mean, it's it's to be to be the, oh, I don't understand it. I can never understand it. It's sport. I don't get it. You know what? I, I say I don't understand it, and really, 75% of it, I don't get. I don't know all the minutia of it, but yeah, I, I get the idea. And even though I don't normally get into sports and have a favorite team or anything like that, I do, you know, if I'm watching a game, I will, you start getting into it. And it's, you know, excited to see them trying to play the game. But no, to, to pretend that we're too stupid to uh, to understand it when we're, you know, when the the average size of a rule book of a game that we play is like 300 pages long, is kind of uh, cocky. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's all I'm trying to say. All right, Pat. I've always thought that the nerds were looked at as being not dumb for not liking sports, but almost like looked at for being uh, cocky. I guess that's. I mean, most huh? jocks. Yeah, most jocks think nerds are like they're like oh they think they're too good for football or whatever. Not that I don't think that they're <laughs> running around thinking that you know they're too dumb for it. Well, I just okay. Personally, these guys play this game. They're great at it. They can throw the ball really far. That's awesome. Me, not so much. I'm gonna get onto a field. I don't care if we're playing touch or whatever. I'm gonna hurt myself. Sure, I mean, Jesus, that, I can't walk down the hallway half the time without hurting myself. But that doesn't mean I don't understand what's going on. Right, and I guess that's the thing is it's it's more the pretending that you're dumb in order to show how above it you all are. I, I think that's exactly the key to it, Pat. It's yeah. like sometimes when I was working in a game store, you'd occasionally have the younger uh, soccer mom who'd come in and purposely mispronounce the word Pokemon to show how much she doesn't get this weird thing and blah, blah, blah. It's like you're being lame. I think it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Yeah, mm. it's also – well, I mean that's also just anybody not being genuine you know, at it, the same time. You know, to, go, to get into one of Pat's favorite rants, it's under the same – I think it's under the same umbrella as, oh, that happened before I was born. I don't need to know it. Right. Sure. You know. Yeah, you're not making – you know, it's, it's not cool to not make any attempt to know something just to not know it. You know, yeah. To purp- just to purposely make an attempt not to know something. Yeah. I've never understood that. Yeah, and especially in a community that is – that will call people out on that anti-intellectualism to have this little area of culture. It's cool if you don't like it. It's fine. But don't wear that as a bra- badge of pride, your ignorance. Right. And that applies to anything, really, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be sports. It's just anything in general. Yeah. I played okay. basketball in grade school. Yeah. And now a rant from me. Get off of my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So early NFL, the AFL and the championship that led to the merger that almost wasn't. What does that mean? Well, OK. The NFL started in the 20s. And for a long time, uh, there were all of these other federations and clubs that were trying to put together professional football games. And even early NFL games had uh, a schedule that wasn't a set number of games, uh, had games <clears throat> against people who weren't in the NFL, like teams that weren't in the NFL. And they just kind of like figured out the champion at the end of a season, like, oh, you won this many games. You're the champion now. Well, the AFL started basically because they told a Texan that he couldn't own an NFL team. Uh, what I found happens this... when you tell a Texan they can't do something, Pat? Exactly. <laughs> they <laughs> shoot it... you and then they go do whatever it is they said you couldn't do. Then they, right. they drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found it fascinating researching this topic that this guy, uh, let me see if I can get his name. Pat, do you happen to know it off the, uh, the top? Who, who? I'm sorry? Uh, the guy who founded the, n- not the Arena Football League, but the American Football League. Oh, shit. No, it's not going to come to me. Uh, Damn it, no. Uh, I actually Mc- think I know this. No. What? Really? Go ahead. No, I, I mean, I can't think of it now, but I've... I've- Samuel Gompers. There you go. Yeah, he decided that he was going to start. I remember it though. He was going to start his own league, and he went to a bunch of schools, uh, many traditionally black colleges, uh, other colleges that the NFL wasn't drafting their players from, and they drafted a bunch of players, and they also got a lot of the NFL castoffs, people who are talented but were either misevaluated because they had uh, a bad tryout or whatever, uh, a lot of diamonds in the rough. And to be fair, a lot of the original AFL teams were not as good as the NFL. Well, if that's true, why are we talking about them at all? Well, it's because they got their popularity at the beginning basically by making a more exciting game. 
Uh, there was rarely any defense played. They used a different ball that could be thrown further. Uh, you would have scores in the 50s, 60s, uh, not at all uncommon uh, because they weren't playing defense and people were watching. But as a matter of professional courtesy, the NFL and the AFL were not poaching each other's players. Until at one point, uh, AFL could not, uh, an AFL team could not, uh, work out the contract with one of their kickers who had done something no one had seen before. He had, uh, come from soccer and he was kicking in a style that no one had ever seen before. And the NFL decided to buy out his contract when his negotiations fell apart. And then like all hell broke loose. Because the AFL was like, okay, it's on. And they started throwing money at like top NFL players and drafting them away, throwing millions of dollars, raising the average salary of players up into the hundreds of thousands or millions. So through the 1960s, you you get to a certain point and the NFL is like, uh, okay, we had basically been ignoring other federations that had been trying to play professional football, but we can't ignore these guys anymore. Let's try and do a merger. Well, they decided as part of the deal to merge the two leagues into one professional football league, they were going to go three years and they're going to have a championship game, which was Super Bowl one. And at the end of those three years in 1969, um, they were going to become one league and divide all the teams up into conferences. So the reason the merger almost wasn't is because. The teams from the AFL, all that said, even with all the poaching and all of the diamonds in the rough, they just in general weren't as good as the NFL football teams. And uh, we get to Super Bowl three. I don't know if you guys read about Super Bowl three at all. No, not all you. I love the story. It's it's a great it's a great story. Really, Super Bowl three. You've basically got the New York Jets from the American Football League, and they are an incredibly mediocre team. They have a season where they have the weakest possible schedule. All they've pretty much got is a young quarterback named Joe Namath. And uh, in a bar right before the championship, uh, he's drunk. They're talking about how badly uh, they're going to get their ass kicked in by the Colts. And without realizing that there were cameras and reporters around, he guaranteed his uh, team would beat the Colts. Now, the Colts had only lost one game in their season. Uh, they had Johnny Unitas as their quarterback, and they had had one of the hardest schedules possible. They're basically recognized as one of the greatest football teams in the history of the game. So this is ridiculous. It's like uh, captain of uh, Girl Scouts team saying that they're going to beat a professional team. It's, it's like the generals saying they're going to beat the Globetrotters. Yes. <laughs> That's even better. Wait, that didn't happen? They were due. <laughs> I thought they were due. So Super Bowl three runs around and basically the Jets have no pressure, but the Colts are like, you know, Vegas is putting the spread at uh, we're favored by 18 points. If we don't win this by like a blowout, we look like idiots because these guys are morons. <laughs> and there was so much pressure on them. Things started going wrong in the first half, like a wacky fingernail tip shoots the ball straight up in the air and it accidentally falls into the hands of uh, one of the Jets for an interception, like as uh, the Colts were about to score. And then somehow, uh, through a series of comic accidents and bad calls, at the end of the first half, uh, the Colts are losing seven to nothing and they just don't know what to do. 
Now, it probably doesn't help that uh, one of the Jets uh, accidentally on purpose crotch stomped one of uh, the Colts players. <laughs> And the uh, officials didn't call it or didn't notice it. But the player who got his Van Dyke stomped on (laughs) uh, jumps up and rushes the other guy and accidentally knocks several teeth out of one of the officials when he's rushing him. And then penalties against the other team kind of just stopped getting called. (laughs) Which basically at the end of this, this uh, bad news bears mighty ducks story comes out with the overwhelming uh, favorite losing Super Bowl uh, three. And and Broadway Joe became a legend after that. Yep. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that secured uh, the actual merger in 1969 of the two. And we've got the NFL that we know today. That's pretty neat. Yep. And it's time now that I acknowledge that when I did the internet search for AFL founder, I got the Samuel Gompers is the founder of the American Federation of Labor. Oh, <laughs> and the American Football League founder is Lamar Hunt and Bud Adams. And those are that's two names the name I was trying to think of, Lamar Hunt, because he's a Kansas City Chiefs owner. Yes. And Bud Adams, who is who is the owner of the Tennessee Titans, formerly known as the Houston Oilers, who I hate with all my heart because he's the reason I stopped watching football. Because when the Oilers left town, it broke my little heart. No, you don't have one. I did then. Oh. That's was, what happened to it. It was three sizes too small. <laughs> so Super Bowl twenty, or does anyone having Super Bowls between three and twenty? Did anything interesting happen in seventeen years? Honestly, oh, yeah. I've seen I've seen a bunch of different Super Bowls. Um, because I, you know, unlike you guys, uh, no offense, I don't mean anything by that. But I mean, I did play sports when I was younger. I played uh, all the sports. I was a sportsy guy. I was a kind of a the nerd jock guy. I was didn't really. I, I either fit in all the circles or didn't fit in them. You know. Uh huh. So what, what I mean, like on the outskirts of all the circles, but not on the inner circle of any of them. It was a very sad high school experience. Oh. Cue the violins, please. I thought you were meaning circular openings, like you had to <laughs> loop yourself to get in there. Anyway, yeah. So um. So I did watch the Super Bowl a, a lot. I've, I've actually hosted some Super Bowl parties back in the day. Um, like the, the uh, there was the the great one in 1990. Uh, it was the, uh, the first time in a long time was a close one because like in the late 80s there were blowouts all the time. Seemed like every every year there was like 55, 10 things like that, you know. Um, and then suddenly there's one where it gets decided at the last second when Scott Norwood uh, misses a field goal. Who a guy who had only missed four field goals the entire season. Needs to kick like a, a 30 yard field goal to win for the New York Giants, and he shanked it under the pressure, and they lost. And he was like a, a goat for years after that. That's but- crazy because, like, today a 50 yard field goal is almost a gimme, depending yeah. on the kicker. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so there was that one. That was um, a fun one. That was my freshman year of uh, college, actually. I remember watching that in the dorms. Um, so I've, I've seen. Probably 60% of the Super Bowls, 70% of the Super Bowls since I've been in high school. A lot, not a lot of them are real memorable. I mean, because the majority, I, I don't really, you know, have a dog in the fight anymore. I don't really watch any team in particular during the season. So every year I just kind of watch it just to watch it and just to hope it's a good game. But I know I, I, I don't really remember them because my heart's never really in it because I don't have a team anymore. Oh, oh poor guy. Yeah, I refuse to get behind the Texans because it's a stupid <laughs> name for a team. The Texans? Yeah, that's a dumb name. Like, come on. What would you call them? I don't know anything other than the, the Texans. Houston... 
the Houston uh, Houston Ranchers, Dirt Devils. That's just stupid. It's, uh, the Houston Texans. I mean, that's just dumb. Like, you I mean, call them the Tarantulas. It's, it's, it's not, that's not original. Like, I mean, you could you could call them. I don't know the the Orlando Floridians. You know, I mean, that's just dumb. It's I mean, dumb. Pat, they're from a whole other country. What do you expect? Shut up. Here come the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> dumb name. I can't support that team. All right. So I have no football team. So yeah, I've seen a bunch of Super Bowls, but I mean. Yeah, and honestly, the in in my mind, and I think with a lot of people, the the when you think of Super Bowl, you automatically think of eighty six. 85. 85. Yeah, 86, nobody cared. 86 was when they played the game. No. Super yes. Bowl 20? Yeah, didn't they play in 86? It's 85. Pretty sure that was 85. Oh, uh, well, it was the 85 season, but the, the game actually happened in 1986. Mike's right. Oh. Yeah. Whoa, Mike's sports. But it's considered the 85 season, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, not super sporty. I'm just recalling what I read 10 minutes ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you can't even recall it when you're reading it, so don't He's act just paying attention, that's all. <laughs> All right, stop paying attention. (laughs) Here, just because. You know, uh, and at that point in time, I had no clue what was going on in football. I had no idea. All I know is that I liked the song. They were, like, everywhere. There it is. I, I unfortunately clicked and known as McMahon. When I hit the turf, I've got no plan. I just throw my body all over the field. I can't dance, but I can throw the field. I motivate the cats I like to tease. I play so cool, I aim to please. That's why you all got here on the double to catch me doing the Super Bowl shuffle. A mama's boy, Otis, wanna be kind. The ladies all love Please tell me we're not gonna listen to this whole song. No, no, we're not. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, uh, the entire team did that except for one guy. One guy didn't want to do it because he thought it was too cocky because they recorded it before the playoffs even started. Yep. Uh, Mike, um, I just lost his name. Mike Singletary was definitely in, yeah. in the Super Bowl shuffle. He was Samurai Mike. Yeah. Which one wasn't? I can't remember who. He was like a lineman. No. Goes to show you how well that worked out for him. <laughs> well, do you remember, though, at the time, I mean, that was everywhere. I mean, even, even so far as, you know, William the Refrigerator Perry had his own action figure on uh, in G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, literally everywhere you turn, there was a commercial or something about that that particular team. I mean, it was it was a team full of personalities that were each individual but made up one unit. I mean, I don't think there's been a team since then where you've had that many people that were recognizable on one team. All right. So I found trivia. Which two players were superimposed in the Super Bowl shuffle video is McMahon and Peyton. They uh, originally agreed to do the song, but not the video, and they superimposed them on later. Huh. Yeah. And let's see. Who had a broken leg while filming the video? Steve Fuller. Yeah, just like looking at the singers, like I remember all these names because I had like every kid in Chicago. I had the record and I had the video. And they played it like every 15 minutes on the radio. Yeah, totally. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't live in Chicago then. (laughs) No, they did it in Missouri too. Oh, God. I mean, I I got to hear it occasionally down here, but it wasn't like, you know, constantly. Here we go. Why did they why did they record the uh Super Bowl shuffle? Charity. Yep. Cash grab? No. Money went to uh homeless. Huh. Yeah. I did not know that. They raised like almost half a million dollars or something like that. How many yeah. of the players are homeless now? <laughs> Mike Singletary. Can we get awesome. some of that sweet Super Bowl shuffle? There money? used to be um I've got I got just the Mike Singletary card somewhere in this pile of 
cards and crap that I have in my basement. But I want to say mid '90s or like they did like uh, Super Bowl heroes on collector cards, and somebody drew Mike Singletary uh, wearing uh, Chicago Bears uh, samurai armor. I'm trying to remember. What, I mean, it it was cool when I bought it. So oh, of course so it was. Yeah, I think I drew that card when we were playing uh, Magic. Hey, Pat, did did the Texans play any? Shut up. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he was known as Samurai Mike for his f- intimidating focus and intensity. And uh, he had a second nickname, uh, the Minister of Defense. Yeah, because, I remember them calling him that. Oh, partially because he's also an ordained minister. All this trivia about the 85 Bears is just coming back. Well, it's nuts. I mean, it, it was like a complete, I mean, you, you very rarely see the Chicago all joined together on one team. I mean, we had the Bears, and ve- for a very short amount of time, we had the Chicago Blitz. Well, and, and then there was, like, the 1990s and the Bulls. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, but when, when we get behind something, we, we're we all in if it's uh, one of the sports teams. I'm still frightened by the fact that at some point in the future, in some alternate universe, the Cubs have played the Sox in the World Series, and Chicago burns again. <laughs> Because I tell you, if that ever happens, man, grab your ankles because it's coming. No one's getting out of this one in one piece. Now, one year after this, another team that is uh, dear to the show, or at least some people on it, did a rap song. Not yeah. even a year later, actually. Really? Now, I'm surprised Pat's not chiming in here. It was the Texans. <laughs> it, it was no, Oilers. No, I'm trying to. I, I'm trying to think of uh, what you're talking about. The Rockets. I'm talking about Rocket Strut. <laughs> oh God! By the Houston Rockets. Oh, no, that didn't. That never happened. <laughs> yeah, hang on. They made it to the finals and then lost Move on. it in six Move on. to Boston. <laughs> Move on. That never happened. <laughs> I see you blocked it out. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they got. Yeah, they got crushed by Larry Bird. That was so disappointing. It was uh, Akeem Olajuwon's like, second year. Oh, they were with Dynamite. Not in my house. You've got a lot of Rockets uh, stuff, don't you, Pat? Yes, I do. Uh, well, first Charlie and then uh, we're oh. all piling in. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wow. Could they just, could they have really, like. I, re- I remember that year when, That's they, horrendous. when they got knocked out of the play, uh, out of the finals by Boston that year. Could they have... One of the people that went to the airport and welcomed them back at like two in the morning. Boy, they ripped that off hard, didn't they? Well, it worked for the Bears. Well, people right, exactly. like the Bears. <laughs> yeah, you have to win the championship, though, for it to anybody to care about your song. That's, that's one requirement. Mm hmm. Uh, so in going over, you know, I watched, uh, highlight reels and I was trying to explain to the girls about the bears back in this time. Of course, it gets down to Refrigerator Perry and showed them the one goal that they let Refrigerator score in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't let Walter Payton have a touchdown in the Super Bowl. No, let's, let's give it to fucking Refrigerator Perry. Oh, come on. They deserved it. They, he made him so happy. (laughs) Whatever. <laughs> Fucking Walter Payton, man. Give the man a Super Bowl touchdown. God damn. Wow, I didn't realize you were so... Well, I mean, everybody knew Walter Payton as just a prince of a guy. Yeah. like It just felt like a slap in the face. Really? I don't know. I don't... I, I 
never even occurred to me. I just thought that this is a dude who never even gets this far down the line anyway, so why not just let him have it? And it was, you got to say, it was pretty impressive when he busted through there and people went flying. Yeah. Yeah, big old number 74. Yep. And then he spikes the ball and makes a crater. Because <laughs> <laughs> that happens. So. If you're Iron Man. But yeah, and uh, did anybody watch any old commercials? You know, I watched a lot of com- what is different now. I guess they still do it a little bit. But back then, this was like the premiere of all the commercials you would see for like the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Like the first time, Where's the Beef? That was the Super Bowl commercial. Oh, yeah. And then the uh, Apple commercial. I was going to ask you, did they have the, ni- the one from 84 with Apple? Absolutely. Yeah, in 1984, that was one too. So, I mean, they, and but it seemed like there was... Well, I mean, just like everything else seems in our in our memory, a lot more muted than it was now. I mean, what do you mean? Well, I mean, you, now you've got the you know the Super Bowl here. We are going to have three days of pregame. We're going to have yeah. This amazing. I mean, it, did, it didn't used to be a five hour pregame show. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, shit, pregame For stuff instance. started on Saturday. Well, I mean, they they used to. I mean, just do it. You know, one week after the last. You know, after the conference finals, and you know, you had one week of hype, and now they put it back another week, so they can have two weeks of hype and really build up the advertising and the money and everything. Well, when I was watching a little bit of the pregame before this current one, um, even the announcers were like, you know, this has been analyzed to death. So we're not going to do that again. And I'm like, even they're admitting that. Yeah. So then, what know, are you doing? <laughs> it's 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 gotten to the just ridiculous part point. Uh, do you guys remember the Bud Bowl? Yes. 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 Let's start it back Pat in 89. Does that every week, every day. <laughs> uh-huh. ah. That's a different who, kind of Bud. Who wins? Patrick Me. wins. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, do I remember the Bud Bowl? Yes, we remember the Bud Bowl. So here's the thing. Did anybody remember what the halftime show at uh, Super Bowl 20 was? Oh. I don't. Wow, no. What was it? Pat? I'm thinking. Uh I'm hoping it was a Super Bowl shuffle, but that wouldn't work because all the guys were be in the locker room. Up with people. No what? way. <laughs> what? Up with I never people. would have come up with that. Performed during the halftime show that something called Beat of the Future, where the Up With People dancers portrayed various scenes of the future. Wow. This was the last Super Bowl to feature Up With People as a halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that, uh, I mean, it's kind of... Up I mean, with people... That's kind of wow. Yeah, they started from like the year I was born up until this Super Bowl. They were doing the uh, halftime shows. Yep, that's wow. crazy. Yeah. So, and you know, there were some. I mean, we all remember oh, how far back. What was the Janet Jackson fiasco? Six, you know, that, seven years ago. Yeah, that like was that. that wasn't too far ago. I mean, yeah, I was watching the Super Bowl that year, and I saw it live. Yeah, we up were to, at Will's up house. to that point. I, I think it still might be, but up to that point, that was the single most ever recorded use of the DVR pause and rewind button. Because <laughs> I mean, they were still kind of fairly new, you know, live TV and DVRs and all that kind of stuff. And that was like that was like the big coming out. Everybody's like, what? <laughs> Well, that and was the, the fact thing. that you could do that because I mean, everybody would, that had had DVRs was having people at their house to see this the game, and it blew everybody's mind that you know, he's re- rewinding live TV and we're watching it, pausing it, and everything, and that kind of was like the, the glorification of the DVR. So, just to give you an idea, some people who have done Super Bowl halftime shows, Super Bowl Four, Carol Channing. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of like Katy Perry. It's yeah. Such a nice Super Bowl, and then. <laughs> It's so nice. <laughs> and then they up the ante on Super Bowl six with Ella Fitzgerald. Cool. <laughs> Carol Channing and Al Hurt. Please the, tell me Topo Gijo did it. No, the U.S. Marine Corps drill team was there. 
Uh, I'm just going through these lists. Did Italian singing nun Sister Marie do a halftime show? Well, I'm up with people. Was their first looks like their first one was ten, and the tribute uh, the theme was two hundred years in just a baby, <laughs> a tribute to America's bicentennial. The performers up with people. I thought you were going to say two hundred years a slave. <laughs> <laughs> See, and L L Hurt again. The salute to the Caribbean performers Ken Hamilton and various Caribbean bands. Up. So this cool. is obviously before this stuff was televised. Yeah, fourteen up with people again. <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty sure the 16, Super Bowls up with people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were televised from the beginning. At least not, uh, maybe not no, the I'm, halftime shows. I'm talking about the the halftime. Yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't be televising the halftime. They would just be analyzing and talking to the reporters and stuff or whatever, or yeah, just showing whatever. Because back then they didn't really. <laughs> Uh, oh, halftime show for Super Bowl Twenty One: George Burns, Mickey Rooney, <laughs> Jiminy Willikers, singing. The set list was Ghost Riders in the Sky, the yes, theme from Bonanza, Indiana Jones and Footloose, something called the Hoedown Song, Cheek to Cheek, What a Feeling, That's Entertainment, Somewhere. I don't. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Super Bowl Twenty Two: Chubby Checker and the Rockettes. They're starting to get okay. the idea. Yeah. Okay. And then maybe George Burns more isn't the way to go. And then they go back down to down to Shitville with it with uh, twenty three with a performer named Elvis Presto. <laughs> Elvis Presto. <laughs> That's awesome. Can we get him on the show? I'm, I going, I'm going to YouTube right now. <laughs> All right. And then here's where they finally get their shit together. Twenty five new kids on the block. Oh, oh, oh. That was, and that was like the first big, I mean, unless you count uh, Mickey Rooney. Um, Jiminy Willikers. And that, and then next week, oh, and then Gloria Estefan was the next year. Okay, oh. so with New Kids on the Block, we're talking the advent of the halftime show as the biggest concert of the year. Yes. Yeah. Well, as that's George Burns doesn't count. And then 20, 27, Michael Jackson. Elvis, Elvis Presto tries to perform the world's biggest card trick and fails. <laughs> Boy, if you're going to go, you're gonna go out. Elvis impersonator magician. Now, do you remember the uh, 26, the, the the Michael Jackson one? Yes. Where he just stood there for like a minute and didn't yeah. do anything? And everybody's <laughs> like, what's going on? Is he having a meltdown? <laughs> this, is, this is how we go out. <laughs> uh, and finally started snapping his finger. Everybody's like, okay, good. Then there was Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, and the Judds. And, yeah. Remember that one? So That was yeah. one where the, the Texans were in the Super Bowl. Then oh, wait, was, that's never happened. Up. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye was the theme of 29, with Patti LaBelle, Indiana Jones, and Marion Ravenwood, Teddy Pendergrass, Tony Bennett, Arturio Sandoval, and Miami Sound Machine. Still better than Crystal Skull. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that because I'm, I, I don't know. I've always had this, uh, fascination with everything Indiana Jones, but I don't think I've ever seen that halftime show. And Gloria Stefan. Uh, Super Bowl 31, Blues Brothers, Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and James Belushi, ZZ Top, James Brown, and Kathleen Cryer. I remember seeing that one. It is, don't bother looking that one up. It was awful. Was that like uh, Blues Brothers 2000? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. It was a big chill for that movie. I remember that. That's terrible. And then 32, Smokey Robinson, Martha Reeves, The Temptations, Queen Latifah, and Boys to Men. I see a theme of Motown. Oh, yeah. You know what? I can, 
I can see what seems to have the moment that seems to have brought the big pop stars actually into the Super Bowl wasn't the halftime show. It was Super Bowl 25. It was the Star Spangled Banner with Whitney Houston's uh, famous performance. Ah, yeah, that and, was. And it gave it legitimacy, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, 1991. The charts and everything, it kind of, yeah. Pre Coke. Then Super Bowl 34, Pat. Tina Pat Turner. Was there? Phil Collins. Ugh. Christina Aguilera, Enrique Ugh. Iglesias, Tony Braxton, Ugh. an 80 person choir, and Edward James Olmos. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Really? He was the narrator. <laughs> oh my gosh, Josh. Nice poll. Awesome. awesome. Now, nice oh, accidental poll. Now, 35. Aerosmith, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Mary J. Bilge, and Nelly. Mary J. Bilge? Blige. Blige. Whatever. Seriously. Get over but it. But that whole thing should have been. Thrown down the bilge pump. I mean, that was an all. That was that was a travesty of a train wreck of a halftime show. I don't know. What was the one? Didn't they have one with uh, the Black Eyed Peas here last year, or the year before? That one was worse. That might have been the worst one. That ever. was terrible. Yeah, it was. That was a, just like a bag of barf thrown into the nation's face. Shania Twain, no doubt, and Sting. That one was pretty good. Yeah, I don't even like Sting, and that was pretty good. And then five, six, thirty-eight. Justin Timberlake, Kid Rock, Nelly, very funny that we're, P. Diddy, we're to, and Janet we're having, Jackson. We're having we're having Mike have to do Roman numerals on a regular basis right here. <laughs> yeah, this is, we're, we're getting way into the now though, aren't we? Yeah, now? yeah, we crossed over. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk about here. let's talk about Nipplegate after the break. All right. After the break, we're going to talk about nipples. And I've got Yay. something special for you guys on the break that I kind of want to uh, lead off the now with. I bet it's a nipple. And Edward James almost. Edward James almost's nipple. <gasps> His third nipple. <laughs> break i promised we were going to do something a little off uh key and peel comedy duo every year for the last three years have done this bit where they have all of these football players come out and identify themselves by their names in their college and uh, they're sort of lampooning the crazy names that are coming out of these football players and uh this year they did a pro edition and all the guys just watched it and I have a question for you. And I, I already partially tested my hypothesis uh, as I was listening to you listen to this for the first time. Which of those names were real players? <laughs> the guys that were real players? The ones that weren't Key or Peel. Yeah. Really? Every single player that was not Key or Peel was a real name. Are you kidding me? Not at all. Ha ha Clinton Dix, real guy. Fozzie yeah, Whitaker, Ishmaeli Kitchen, Frosty Rucker, DeBrickashaw Ferguson. 
All of them are real <clears throat> players. The Brickashaw. Now, Haha is a nickname. His actual name is Hashan. So, but yeah. So I, I thought that that was going to be interesting since we're not typically, aside from Pat, which is why I kind of, uh, and I don't know, did, did you even, rec- did you recognize all of those names? Pat? Not all of them, but most of them, yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to see you from the perspective of Mike and Joel, and I, I thought it was funny that I was listening to Mike listen to it the first time, and he was cracking up at some of the real names. <laughs> well, shit, I laugh at your name. Well, yeah, Josh. sure. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> it's like poop. <laughs> You call the shit poop. Are you ready? So, yeah. Already going, sir. Yes, that was part of the show, Joel. Thanks for playing. No, it wasn't. <laughs> what just happened? Wait, what just happened? <laughs> Wait, what just happened? So, moving on. <laughs> All uh, right. One of the reasons why we chose to do this show is because this year in particular, the uh, Super Bowl was a spectacle. Uh, was leading up for weeks and weeks and weeks with controversies about deflated footballs. Uh, we already made jokes about just uh, here so we don't get fined. Yeah, and in general, uh, Bill Belichick is kind of if you're not a if you're not a Patriots fan, Bill Belichick is the perfect villain for everybody to hate in the NFL. Because of, I mean, I, I know you guys don't know, but or I don't know if you know, maybe you do, but there were a couple years ago uh, they were caught. Uh, sneaking in people to record other teams' practices to get their plays. And, you know, basically they just got a slap on the wrist, got fined, and, you know, lost the draft pick, you know. But, huh. um, but basically Belichick was like, uh, he, when he got caught, he's like, yeah, we're doing that. Anything to win. Sorry. You got, you got us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you guys didn't think about it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's pretty ballsy. Yep. yep. Well, yeah. And Bill Belichick, mm. I, I only learned this while watching the Super Bowl this year. He replaced. The uh, coach who he was against in the Super Bowl as the coach of the New England Patriots. Oh, really? Wow. So, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, he's one. He's one of those love to hate him characters from the NFL. Huh. Yeah, you know, very. He's very divisive. You know, you either love if you're an NFL guy, you either love him or hate him. Hmm. So, going back over, let's say the last 14 years. That's as weird when I say when I say it out loud. 2000 and now, Super Bowl parties. Yes. Pat, you throwing them? You're. Oh, I've thrown a couple of them. Yeah, my favorite part of throwing them is not even the game. It's cooking all the food, honestly. That's always been a good part of it. You know, I love putting out a good put good spread for a party. So Yeah. And then I make the food. <laughs> hey. Oh, yeah. See, Pre-game my, warm-up. my recollection of going to Super Bowl parties, we'd go out to Will's place and hang out with his, his apartment, play Risk in between the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the game was just on, basically, while everybody was hanging out and doing whatever. <laughs> Yeah, game was just on the whole time, and there wasn't really any at- attention going on to it unless something ridiculous happened on, yeah, on the if, field. If you heard the crowd go a little crazy or the announcers right. start talking real loud, everybody turned their head to it. Right. Or if you like walked over to the snack table, you'd watch it while you were eating your snacks. <laughs> yeah, but we're playing board games while we were watching the uh, while the show was going on. Then when the commercials came on, now there was one year i think we were out at mccoy's place and we decided that i think i forget maybe even jay was there i wasn't there for that one no no um but uh we decided we were going to try and play a board game and we tried to play uh lord of the rings war of the ring which takes 45 minutes just to freaking set up it's a great game (laughs) it is an amazing game it really is it's a great game but i mean it's you have to have all i mean all 300 pieces need to be on the board in specific spots before you can start playing that so we actually crap that's true (laughs) true story true story (laughs) it's a game just setting the game up yeah pretty much and we got it all set up and we're like wow 
that looks really cool. Well, it's time to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but um, but no, I mean that was, I mean, I, re- I mean, I remember the Janet Jackson titty gate, yeah, nipplegate, nipplegate. Yeah, that year I was actually at a Super Bowl party with a bunch of people who weren't so interested in anything that wasn't the football. Like, I was watching the football too, but I was watching the commercials, I was watching the halftime show, and like, everybody's up getting food, no one's looking at the TV, and I'm watching the halftime show, and it's a room full of people. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only person, probably a dozen people in the room, who even saw it. I was like, wait, what, did, did anyone just see that? Wait, what just happened? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember seeing it too live, and and I was I happened to be somewhere where I didn't have a DVR or anything, so I just was like I couldn't have seen that. No, and then like the next day I saw it in the papers, and I saw it, you know, and I looked on the internet and saw it. I was like, oh, yep, I saw it. All right. <laughs> because as I like to point out, one female nipple is horrendous. Yeah. In the middle of a game where guys in tight pants are kicking the shit out of each other on a field. And, and and putting their hands on each other's asses and balls all over the place and I don't I mean I thought I think... there's nothing I'm, I played football I know how it goes there's nothing more gay than a quarterback just rubbing his hand and and forearms all over the center's penis and balls because right. that's what you have to do to hike the ball. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Tight end. <laughs> <laughs> football is so homoerotic; it's ridiculous. Can't have a nipple though. <laughs> <laughs> but the world goes to shit if you show Janet Jackson's nipple. You didn't even get to see, like, 90% of it. Well, she, cause it's cause she had that, that ninja star on it. Yeah, right. covered up by that sun star thing or whatever. Yeah, a little clamp. Oh, yep. Robin Hare tried, though. Well, and I think it's funny that for the first time in years, like, I decided not only was I going to do the Super Bowl, uh, but uh, we're going to have Mike and his wife come over here. And uh, just, like, apparently... The everything is against Mike watching sports because uh, just like the morning of the Super Bowl, Chicago gets hit with a huge blizzard. No, we got all the snow. Yeah, <laughs> like 18 inches of snow. And Mike and I are talking that morning. It's like, yeah, I don't think this is a good idea. This this isn't happening. Yeah, that was that was we I mean, we didn't I, I don't have cable, so we didn't watch it. I watched all the YouTube uh, trailer stuff. Watch a different and now every time I watch a Super Bowl halftime show, I just think to myself, I'm just sitting here waiting for some nudity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that when I watched this one. Um, this year, Definitely. though, <laughs> yes, we ended up picking up a bunch of chicken wings and uh, some beers and some uh, like chips and guacamole and like did did the whole thing. Just just me and the wife doing the traditional Super Bowl, like bad junk food snacks alcohol and watch the game it was actually a really good time nice so let's get to the the game actually yes i've never really often seen a full fight break out on a football field before <laughs> right <laughs> what the hell happened <laughs> just like that is that is the first time that a super bowl has ever had a fight in it but like like a full-fledged he, fight i mean there have been like skirmishes here and there but like you know a full-fledged like couple i mean that was like full-on baseball rush in the mound clear the benches well, fight but get into their headspace for a moment you're in the biggest game of the year possibly the biggest game you'll ever play emotions are high and something happens like that where you're already in an aggressive game that is very i mean you're out to take down the other guy so i mean it stands to reason that it's going to happen but 
But a hundred percent, that was all frustration at that whole interception. Yes. Well, and it was a game of dramatic surprises because, like, everybody did what they thought they were going to do. It was like Seattle was rushing Tom Brady, who <clears throat> had his counter strategy of throwing these short passes. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, they handed him the ball, and he just like trucked through six guys, four guys hanging off of him. Like everyone did what was expected. And then you had these weird moments where the rookies out of nowhere, like an interception from a guy who nobody even knew was on the team, just shows up and picks off one of Tom Brady's passes. Uh, another rookie, guy's never caught a football in his career, gets two catches in the Super Bowl. Just these flukes that are changing the score back and forth and back and forth. And then you get to that ending. And, and just that crazy catch. That even led them to the point of being, you know, to the two-yard line where the ball, he was just bobbling the ball around on his back and ends up finally bringing it in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it was like a pop-up off his back. And, like, the two guys who are on him don't even realize the ball's not dead. And it pops up and he grabs it. And it's a completion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really good game to watch. Yeah, even in even in the in the the the, the cuts afterwards. I mean, I know I knew who won, which again, I don't I don't know if any of you guys know. Uh, the pre-game Madden game uh, called it. Did you see that one, Patrick? No. They ran a simulation on Madden. Yeah, they 2000. do that every year. Yeah. Yeah, called it exact score. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, they did I mean, not. They're getting call. so good with those games. It's it's how accurate they could be now. I mean, the players like they have like like almost I think twenty or thirty rankings of different categories to like reflect how they play. And they're getting to the point where like the players play almost like they actually do in real life. And you can up you can you can hook your your game. Well, we're going to talk about this later, but so I'll just stop now. It's just topic. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized you know with next week's topic that we'll get we'll get to that. We'll what there. I found interesting is they ran the simulation until they got the same situation, the call that everyone's been second guessing for the last week now. Uh, it's second and one. You've got Marshawn Lynch, who pretty much every time he touches the ball, he goes three to seven yards. Uh, the goal line is right there. And then instead of handing it to Marshawn, knowing that the New England Patriots in this situation usually just let the score through and try and shoot back in the last however many seconds. Instead of just handing it to Lynch and letting him run in, they decide that they're going to throw a pass to use up some time on the clock. And just nightmare twist, it's an interception. That happened in the simulation? No, no well, what that would have been amazing is they got the same situation and asked Madden what to do. And Madden said, run the ball with Lynch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Madden says, run the ball, stupid. What do you think? I read it. I read an interesting article the other day about the uh, about the metagame of football. And um, and a, somebody was given a guy was given a lot of credit to Bill Belichick um, because there was a point in the game with about a minute 50 left or so where uh, they were driving where it was right before they had scored. And they could have called a timeout on this one play, and they didn't. And it forced, um, and it and it forced Seattle to call a timeout. And so when it came down to the end of the game, and they were on that that you know set, they were at third and and third and a yard, third and one, you know, mm-hmm. he knew that if they you know the, the the rules of the game are if you run the ball and you get you know and you get stopped inside of the sidelines, the clock keeps running. And they only had one timeout, so they couldn't afford. To, you know, it was, it was one of those things where, but if you throw a pass and it's an incompletion, the clock stops. 
Right. Mm. So that's why they, that's, you know, and, and uh, Bill Belichick anticipated they were going to try to throw a pass that down because he knew they didn't have a timeout to burn because he made them use their timeout earlier. So therefore he threw an extra quarterback, cornerback out there, which is somebody that defends against the pass. The extra cornerback that he threw out there was Butler. Hmm. Huh. I, I read another article where somebody ran the math and I found this is interesting because, uh, me and every other armchair, like Monday morning quarterback, uh, we're talking about how Pete Carroll made a terrible call throwing a pass there. Uh, but someone ran the math and said, well, okay, just looking at the statistics in a similar situation, there's about a 1% chance that Marshawn Lynch just fumbles the ball. There's about a 2% chance in that situation that an interception is thrown. So, okay, it's, 1% more dangerous to do that. But what happens is if they walk the touchdown in that everyone just assumes they're going to score, there's about a 5% chance that Tom Brady just goes crazy in the last 20 seconds, gets two plays off and wins on a touchdown of their own. So the math actually says that if you run the game theory of all the things you could do there, even though we're all saying this was stupid, why didn't you just run it in? It is less risky to burn some time off the clock and throw that pass. Hmm. But the only, the only problem with that being is he didn't want, one of the reasons Pete Carroll did it because he didn't want to be forced into a situation where he had to throw the ball on third and they would absolutely know that and be able to defend against it. But the problem is he, d he was in a situation where Bill Belichick outcoached him and knew he had to throw the ball on the first down instead of the second, or I mean on the second down instead of the third. So it's like Pete Carroll almost outcoached himself. Yeah, he got a little too clever, a little too cute, regardless of what the math said. In that situation, you just... Dance with the guy that brought you there, basically. You know what that... Right. Point. Oh, yeah. But I, I did find it interesting that there was a statistics-based defense of the call that everyone's saying, well, he was a big idiot and he gave away the Super Bowl. I mean, which I don't I, agree it's, with it. I, I think it was... A, I still think even it was a horrible call, just because... That is the exact situation you have Marshawn Lynch for. You've spent your entire season prepping for this one moment with him. <laughs> and, and you know, what do you do? Uh, okay, let's give it to somebody else. Yeah. It just makes no sense. It's like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a coach wanting to try to outcoach himself instead of just doing what should be done, the simple thing, you know, in, instead of just using the, the hammer to pound the nail in, instead he grabs the wrench and is like, I'm going to beat it in with this instead. Just right. Well, and he had something to prove, as I talked about earlier. Pete Carroll was the coach of the Patriots until he was fired and replaced by Bill Belichick. And it's only karma that he gets ends up getting outcoached by him. <laughs> right. Uh, All right, so know. we want to talk about some commercials, or people still have something to say about this year's Super Bowl? No, I'm good. <laughs> Rarely, I mean, it is good that this was the one that we happened to see, because, I mean, this is a Super Bowl that's going to be talked about for a very, very long time. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a call that, uh, it's going to be gone down as one of the worst calls ever in the history of the Super Bowl, and it's going to be something that's going to affect so many careers. We knew in advance. That's why we picked it. Done. That's why we picked it. We knew it was going to uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, normally in all, what we're coming up on two years doing the show, sports is 15 seconds at the beginning. So I guess, yeah, we, it's a good time to decide to do a sports show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen all the original Super Bowls, so we knew kind of what the remake was going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> the effects from the old ones didn't hold up. Yeah. <laughs> True story, man. It is amazing how many crazy camera angles they can get now with all the like floating cameras they have and shit all the drones and all that they have flying around out there oh, yeah speaking of uh just a real quick sidebar um i introduced the kids to the goonies over the weekend 
and um, they absolutely were. This is the first time I've ever shown them a movie prior to like 1993 where they actually sat through the entire film and were laughing and engaged through the whole thing. Well, there was a commercial on for Super 8 tonight and I was sitting with Juliana and she's like, what's that? I'm like, it's kind of like the Goonies, but for now. And she's like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought of you guys and I had to share. So it made me laugh. Anyway, moving on. Commercials. Yes. So I don't know how it it seems that the commercials, I don't know if they've always been this thing. I don't know. Can you can you remember back then the commercials were like a huge yeah, thing? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that's kind of built up in, in fervor, but it's always been a thing to have good Super Bowl commercials. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's the most expensive advertising slot basically yeah. in all of broadcast television. So you're going to bring your A game unless you're nation, unless you're nationwide insurance. Oh, my God. <laughs> What Dude. the hell? And he's gonna bum everybody out. <laughs> next year they're just gonna have people Nation clubbing puppies. It's gonna be a Sarah McLaughlin commercial next year. <laughs> I didn't have to see the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl because I'm dead. Thanks, Nationwide. <laughs> Nationwide is on your side. So if you don't know what we're talking about, I didn't yeah. get a chance to eat out of a nacho hat because I was dead. <laughs> Thanks, Nationwide. After all of these like funny or amazing or tear jerking commercials, there's this one in the middle for an insurance company where a kid's talking about all the things that he's never going to do. And at the end is like, because I died in a preventable household accident. And it's an insurance company. And both my wife and I, we looked at each other and we're like, what the fuck was that? So get some insurance in case your kid dies because you should at least cash in is what they're saying. Oh, Basically. my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in another 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 commercial that was on that just not as weird and messed up as that one was, was the um, I don't know what it was advertising, but the car the car race one with the car race dad where they were playing cats in the cradle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're playing Cats in the Cradle, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be something about being a good dad and, you know, making sure you're there with your kids. A lot of dad themes this year. That yeah. was a car commercial. Um, that, that was a, I don't remember what car, but it was a car commercial. Yeah, it was, you know, Ford or whatever, whatever he drives. Um, Nissan, I think. And, uh, but the thing that I got about that one is I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, the dad's out racing, and, you know, he comes home, and he plays with his kid, and he's going out, he goes to work, he does his racing, and, you know, he keeps a picture of his kid on his dashboard, and I'm thinking to myself, you could have chosen such a better song than Cats in the Cradle for this. Yeah, because I, it, it's another one of those situations where, like, you're just obviously not listening to the words of the song. Yeah. It's I mean, not a song about being a great dad. Yeah, they, this is a song about a guy like, regretting that his YouTube son... song one at a wedding... Yeah, exactly. Like, do you not listen to this? Yeah. That's the conversation between me and Suzanne when I had to explain to her what Shebop was about. Um, <laughs> and now every time and every time we're driving, I'm like, you know what this song's about? And she's like, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Do you need just, some alone time to think about it? I'm just saying. Fingers on the danger zone. Um, <laughs> danger zone. Um, but that one was kind of messed up. It was a good commercial, but they could have chosen a better song. Because at the end, you're like, oh, no, he's just, he's a really, you know, being a good dad. Yeah. I keep waiting for him to, like, disappoint his son in some yeah, way. Or, like, they, not, or just, like, not come home. But, no, he meets him at school, and, you know, they have a good time together. And they, it's, this is really a good thing. Well, obviously, like you said, somebody wasn't listening to this song. I think they were listening to 
to the I want to be just like you with the kid. Yeah. He's going to buy a they, Nissan. And, it, yeah. I, I just imagine like some 20-year-old ad executive kid just fresh out of college, and he listens to like the first like first verse. He's like, yeah, perfect. Use that. <laughs> like never listen to the last verse. <laughs> or, or Yeah, I was just like, yeah, this song's about dads and sons, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> See, like, oh, yeah, I want to be just like my dad. Perfect song. Use it. Yeah, go. They could at least they use they could have at least used the Ugly Kid Joe version. <laughs> well, or use a song from the Jungle Book. Yeah, that would work. Walk like you, talk like you, drive like you. Would have made a lot more sense. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's the same kind of guy that you know at a at a pro America rally will play "Born in the USA." Yeah, yeah, because that makes sense. Okay, now, but do we have any favorite commercials? We've talked about some ones where they made some questionable choices. Well, yeah, there's. I mean, there are some, one of my favorite ones was uh. Was the Doritos one where the baby on the slingshot? Just because the look of the... I, uh, you guys know the one I'm talking about? Oh, baby where the, the guy slingshot. is, like, blocking the seat next to him? No, 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 no. It's, it's, a, it's a guy, he, he's showing off that he has Doritos, and it, it's like an old lady and a baby, like a, a great-grandmother holding her little baby, and, they, and they're like, he's like, she's, like, pushing her on a swing. I must have missed but that it's, one. It's, oh, it's, like, it's like one of those little bouncy seats. That's what it is. <laughs> and um, and the guy's, like, teasing them, like, ha-ha, I have Doritos and you don't, and they're up on the porch, and... And and the baby and the grandmother just look at each other and they both wink and she like just pulls him back in that in that slingshot thing and just turns it into a slingshot launches the baby at him and they do this slow mo of the baby as he gets close to the guy with the bag and the and the baby just has this big grin as she reaches out and just grabs the entire bag of Doritos and then she just, the, the, the the and it just gets pulled right back to her grandmother and they both just grab the bag and they're like ha ha. <laughs> no, I thought you were talking about the one on the plane where the guy's blocking the seat from having to sit next to anybody you know like uh, reading the oh, book yeah, on yeah, IBS. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm talking. I was just talking about a, a long ago Doritos. I thought we were talking about a favorite commercial of all, you know, not no. just this year. That one was a good one, though, where no. he's saving the seat. Yeah, and then he sees the, the when you said slingshot, I thought you were talking about the baby carrier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. This so. was just a, a commercial from like 10 years ago or something. There was that one, then there was the, there were puppies, too. Yeah, there the uh, dog who follows the horse as it's um, moved across the country, and then uh, the dog uh, continues to go after the horse until the wolf shows up and then the horses all break out to defend their puppy friend. Yeah, that which that was a cool Budweiser commercial. Ready for it? Well, the, the, hey, Budweiser Josh. Has been, that's the third year in a row that Budweiser has done a little dog in the Clydesdale uh, farm commercial. What do you think yeah. about the other the, Budweiser the commercial, Josh? Yeah, I, I know where you're going with this, Mike. Ask your question again. Well, what do you think about the other commercial, Josh, about how... Go to anyone? Us, us, and the highfalutin beer that we drink. Oh, now there is the other Budweiser commercial where they decide to take a shot at the uh, craft brews and uh, the people who drink them. Which I think, you know, I mean, they're trying to play to their audience. Uh, Budweiser's market share has been diminishing in years, but wow, yeah, they 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 just basically. Yeah, if you don't like uh, American piss water, you're basically a huge nerd. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't be a huge nerd. Drink, drink, bud. Because yeah. it's American piss water. <sighs> yeah. And, and yeah. You, had, you had a good rant on Facebook about that one, too. So it, That irritated me. I, I saw a couple <laughs> of people who broke it down, like, frame by frame, how they were trying to say certain things and uh coming up with all these like hipster stereotypes of these weak girly men with amazing mustaches though I'll, I'll oh yeah that. I'll skinny jeans yes mm. but my i think i think my favorite commercial not from this year just in i think it was from last year actually is the one that made me laugh the most out of any any super bowl commercial i've seen so far it was it's a, again a doritos commercial it's the one where um the guy has all the doritos dust on his fingers 
and the guy starts, and and another guy comes up and starts licking his fingers. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> it was just, it took me by surprise so much. It was just so funny, and just I mean, I burst out laughing while I was watching it. It was really really good commercial. I will post that up on the 40 Go 14 page. I'll find it, put it up there. Now, was this the first year that we saw mobile games plopping down the 4 million? Yeah. Because there were three separate mobile game uh, advertisements. Yeah, yeah the, the Clash game, of Clans one. Clash of Clans. With, with Liam Neeson. That was really good. There's Clash of Clans, Heroes Charge, and Kate Upton's Boobs. I don't even remember the third game. Game of War. Game of what? Game of War. Game yeah. of War. Okay. That's everywhere. And if you play Trivia Crack, it won't leave you alone. Yeah, that's the Kate Upton one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I play the other two. That's the one that, How that I didn't play. How much freaking money is Clash of Clans making if they can get uh, uh, Liam, Neeson? Take Liam Neeson to prop for them? That's crazy. Maybe they owed a, were owed a favor? Liam Neeson also had a, is getting is really getting into doing comedy, so he, he may have been a lot more accommodatable than you think. Maybe yeah. maybe they knew he had a special set of skills. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now, was it, it, we talk a lot about the show about how things have changed between then and now, and I mean, that's really the essence of it right there. This, this is something that you wouldn't have even seen a year ago. Well, wasn't there a, a World of Warcraft ad that came out during the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah. World of Warcraft is a computer game, and I'm sure mm. it's not the first video game uh, ad, but these are the first time where we see just, like, free-to-play phone games Yeah, that's sla- slapping down millions and getting celebrity endorsements. Yeah. Kinda so weird. I thought that was really interesting. What did you think of the halftime show on this one? Katy Perry and... Uh, on a giant robot lion. That was cool. That was a puppet. That really was pretty cool. It was a great entrance. Overall, a fun performance, and she's gorgeous, of course, to look at. And I'm in love with Left Shark, Right Shark. I, Those yeah, are I have the to best. admit, the the. Uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Where do you before we get? Where do you all stand? Who's Left Shark? Who's Right Shark? Well, Left Shark is obviously Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Everybody knows that. And who's the dick in the middle? Um, I I honestly have to say that I I was really entertained. I was had zero expectations when it came on, and especially after the the, the last one I saw, which was the the Will I Am Black Eyed Peas debacle. That I, uh, was an awful halftime show. And mm. you know, I'm not a huge Lenny Kravitz fan. Mm. I think he kind of, I don't know, I don't find him very entertaining or interesting. Um, and I didn't know about the whole uh, Missy Elliott thing, and well, never she was really. A surprise. So I mean, the whole th- right? No, I mean, I, I just didn't. I'm not a fan of her music either. I mean, I know it, but I'm not like I own anything. So overall, I mean, I but start to finish, it was really cool, just in general. And yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how she floated across the stadium. It's called a crane during firework. Well, I bet you Owen Hart was flipping around in his grave. He's like, come on! Right? <laughs> yeah, she's better looking than you, Owen. Sorry. He's like, a belt on the thing. That's the key. Yeah. And how it. awesome must it be feel to be Katy Perry, you know? Oh, Don't she, went, get- she immediately went and got a tattoo afterwards, uh, commemorating her little Super Bowl gig. Well, and they her. were talking this year that they were going to make the artists pay to be part of the Super Bowl show rather than uh, get paid because of the exposure it brings for their career. She doesn't need it. Yeah. <laughs> How much more exposure does Katy can Perry you, Can need? you imagine trying to tell Katy Perry, yeah, we need payment because of the exposure. She's like, bitch, I'm probably more popular than the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, demographic She's the number one selling female artist of all time now. She just passed Mariah Carey. 
Thank really? God. Mariah Carey was? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Huh. She's well, a talented chick. This is kind of the, like, re-debut for Missy Elliott. I mean, people hadn't seen her in years, which is why when she comes out and does the music, it's old songs. Mm. I mean, uh, she was doing work at, that's 2002. That's 10 years ago. Hmm. So, uh, I thought... she was 10 years ago? Ish. Over 10 years ago, Jill. Oh, I thought you said it was 10 years ago. No, no, no. I mean, I, every one of the songs that she did was right. at least 10 years old. Yeah. I mean, Lose Control was like 2005. Yeah. Roar is probably the most recent one. Yeah. We're talking about Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. Oh, Missy Elliott. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that we moved on to Missy. I apologize. Yeah, I was just talking about how this was kind of like she's been gone for a decade and this was sort yeah. of her coming out again. Yeah. A, bu- a buddy of mine posted on Facebook, said, um, said, new kids on the blocker touring. Missy Elliott is on the halftime show at the Super Bowl. And Suge Knight is killing people. It feels like the 90s all over again. <laughs> Uh, no, and there were some people that thought she was a new artist. She's been gone so long, so thought Missy Elliott was new. Well, yeah, huh. depending on how old they are, they probably wouldn't know any different. Well, my girls knew who she was just because of them watching uh, the Tomb Raider movie. Oh, she's on the soundtrack of that. But all in all, a very well done, one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. Yep. Yeah, and I saw people seem to be pretty divided about it because I, I was watching Twitter and looking at Facebook and people were talking about how it was an awesome halftime show or it was a terrible halftime show. I thought it was entertaining. I watched the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, yep. I liked it. And now, I mean, I, I could have done without uh, yeah. Missy Elliott simply because she's just, well, I, I didn't care for her when she was relevant and she's just not relevant now. No. But yeah. other, than, other than that, I was I, I liked it. And now Katy Perry is getting her own iPhone game. I'll so. play. I'll play with Katy Perry. Yeah. So you can play. You can tap on Katy Katy Perry, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> ah. yeah. You can't handle that, Pat. Yeah. I wish I could handle it. <laughs> I'd like to try handling it. So uh, we uh, keep doing comedy. Maybe you can be the next Russell Brand. I hope. For various reasons. Yes. What were we going to say, Michael? Sorry. <laughs> so we uh, beat this horse down. You think? Yeah, I think we're pretty much a. Uh, well, I said what we need to say about sports. Yeah. So what about next week, Josh? Let's uh take it in another direction. What do you think? Go back into my wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. Woo-woo. Uh, on tap for next week, we're talking about home gaming consoles from the ones we grew up with in the first golden age. We're talking like the Atari 2600s, your ColecoVision, your Intellivision. Uh, stuff we talked about a little bit in one of our very early video game episodes, but we're focusing specifically on uh, the consoles mm-hmm. uh, all the way to now with uh, PlayStation 4 and uh, the Xbox One. Yep, and uh, we're going to talk about the old ones, talk about a little Dreamcast action, old NES, uh, Genesis. Ooh, handhelds. Hand- Graphic 16. Now, man, we can we can probably do an entire show just on handhelds. Sweet. And uh, yeah, TurboGrafx 16. I gotta dig mine out, see if it still works. So uh, there you go, folks. Um, console video games for next week. All Yay! right. And if you'd like to listen to our first video game show or any of our old episodes, you can always find our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe, other fine podcasting directories. Yes, and uh, if you want to give us a call, you can still catch us on wherever the show notes went, which would be <laughs> 708 now wrap. That's 708-669-9727. And uh, give us a call and rant and yell at us or tell us what video games you want to uh, play again, what consoles you loved. Or for the first time. Get on the bus and take it down to Harlem Irving Plaza to pick up my Dreamcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that was a scary ride home. <laughs> Please don't mug me. So there you go, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh, man, I just got attacked by Liam Neeson in Clash of Clans. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Uh, I just remember when I tried to run Call of Cthulhu. Oh, oh shit. Not, not the successful time, the time I tried to run it with you guys.